Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Now podcast, production of the News and Observer and the Durham Herald Sun. I am Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the papers, and I'm pleased to be joined today by uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer, Duke legend, uh, Grant Hill. Grant Hill's joining us. Uh, Grant, good to be with you. Thank you for ha- thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's, yeah, uh, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Grant is. Uh, uh, has produced uh, um, his autobiography entitled Game, which came out uh, last week, and uh, um, it, it's been a success so far. I know he's been hitting the book tour. Um, Grant, just tell us, first of all, uh, why was now the right time to, to, to publish your autobiography? Yeah, you know, um, well, I think, first of all, it was right because I, um, I, I wanted, you know, I felt like now, you know, I was comfortable at least, you know, going through and sharing and telling my story. You know, I'm still around the game. Um, I've obviously been retired now for nine years, um, working in television, the Final Four, uh, obviously ownership, USA Basketball. Uh, so I still feel like there's there's more to my story, uh, if you will. But I, I thought now, you know, I'm about to be 50 years old later this year. Um, it, it was the right time. It felt like the right time. And it was all, I guess, initially sparked by the Naismith Hall of Fame enshrinement in 2018. And that puts you in a reflective mode. And, you know, and then we had a lot of downtime during COVID. And so, uh, lo and behold, here we are now with, uh, with my autobiography, um, game. Yeah. What, what was your main motivation? What, what, what message did you want to get out, uh, in this, in this project? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things. One, just I think for people to get to know me and know my story a little bit better, um, I've, I've because of playing at Duke, which was a high profile program. It is now. It was back then. Uh, re- really kind of being, uh, you know, a public figure or whatever you want to call that um, since I was 18. You know, I think people have followed. Uh, they, they're aware of the journey but to give sort of that behind the scenes account of interesting times throughout that journey, highs, lows, and everything in between. Uh, and then hopefully inspire people, you know, hopefully something that I've gone through, something I've shared uh, is compelling enough, is inspiring enough um, that people can take from that. And I know I've done that by reading biographies of others or autobiographies for that matter. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a personal, I'm, I'm a public figure, but somewhat private. At least that's how I've lived my life. But um, I think once I got through the the fear uh, of, of sharing, um, I, I was really excited about it. I'm more excited about the end result and, and how it's being received now by the public. Right. It's a terrific book. People should certainly pick it up and read it. And you'll learn a lot about, about Grant, about uh, basketball and what goes on. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about this in there is um, there's a part about um, the isolation of fame. And, and, and uh, that's one thing I think, you know, the general public probably doesn't understand that you know, you're, you're a high profile athlete, you're, you're a millionaire, things would be set, but, but yet there's a mental health aspect to that, that, that people might not understand. Can you just discuss that a little bit and, and why that was important for you to, to include in there? Yeah. I mean, I think we, you know, we have athletes or, or people in the, in the, you know, who are celebrities who uh, we look up to and, and um, we admire and, and they're famous. And, 
I just, you know, I don't know if, if, if the public, if fans, uh, if people truly understand sort of all that that encompasses and, you know, there's what we see. It's the, the talent, it's the, uh, you know, the, the production on the court, it's the commercials, it's the interviews, it's, it's whatever, um, you know, whatever is out there publicly, but privately, um, you know, there's a sacrifice. Um, there's, you know, anyone I think who's pursuing perfection or pursuing greatness, um, there, there's a, a sacrifice that's made. Um, and, and then also there's just a, you know, it, 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 it you know, it, it, it's a beautiful thing, fame, but it also, it can be scary and it can be overwhelming. And so, you know, I get into that a little bit. I get into sort of one thing at Duke where there was a, a level of fame, but also still a level of innocence to now to be thrusted into this, um, you know, my rookie year in the NBA and all these forces coming at you and all this success uh, and things happening very rapidly and, and just trying to navigate all that. And at times, you know, th there is a, a sense of, you know, a sense of loneliness. Um, I think being an only child, you're accustomed to being lonely and being by yourself. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the part that I tried to reveal and be honest about, be transparent of what I was experiencing, you know, back in the mid nineties, sort of, um, you know, navigating all that, that, all that was thrown at me at that time. Right. And, you know, you did it having played four years of basketball at Duke, having earned your degree in a world that social media wasn't a thing. Um, now we have, you know, let's face it, players doing that when they're 18, 19 years old uh, with all those other forces going on. So it's got to be even tougher for, for those guys now than, it, and, you know, than, um, than not to diminish what you went through, I'm saying, but it's a different thing now, isn't it? It is different. I mean, it's 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 better in some ways and it's worse in, in, in some ways. And I think, you know, for blue chip players, uh, players who um, are on that sort of trajectory to go on and play in the NBA, uh, I, I think they are uh, identified earlier. They are sort of put out there and in, in, in fame and, you know, and, and you know, at, at a level even in, you know, in high school, 14, 15 years of age, that, you know, is very different than what I went through in the mid to late eighties. Uh, I think everybody, because of social media, everybody wants to be famous <laughs> and everybody uh, has a sort of a different relationship with fame. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different time. Um, I think, you know, the beauty of at least my time when I was there in the, in the research triangle in school um, during those formative years, those teenage years, those sort of coming of age years, uh, even playing for a high profile program, you know, we, we were still kids. We were still college students. And the scrutiny and the microscope was not as intense as it is now. Um, so we could be students and we could do foolish things and, you know, things that I guess a lot of college students do. And they learn and they grow up and it's part of becoming, going from sort of dependent to independent and, you know, all of that sort of transitional stage that you have. Uh, now it's tough on these college kids. They, they really are in a bubble and they can't, you know, they can't slip up at all. And then you have so many, you know, young guys, young players going right into the NBA as 19, 20 year olds. 
is. And so I think they've experienced a little bit of fame earlier. And I think there's more examples and more information about it. And, you know, as you see it on technology, but it does cause for them to have a different experience. And, um, and so, yeah, a lot has changed in the, in the last, <laughs> last 30 plus years. It certainly has. Um, again, our guest on the ACC Now podcast this week is Grant Hill. We're talking about his new, his autobiography, which came out earlier this month called Game. Um, one of the first stops you had on your book tour was, was at Page Auditorium on, on Duke's campus. It was the day after uh, the book dropped. I think it was, it was on the 8th. The book dropped on the 7th. Um, John Shire, the new Duke basketball head coach. Still getting used to saying that uh, <laughs> after so many years, but uh, Josh, I was the MC that night of the event. And um, just tell me why, why was that important to make that a priority to, to come back to Durham and have that be one of your, one of your first major events of the book tour? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously uh, so much uh, of, you know, what I accomplished and so many great years and memories, uh, you know, even though it's approaching 30 years since I, I was there and I graduated, but uh, Duke, Duke, you know, plays a, a major role in my life. And, and certainly, um, you know, during those, those incredible four years was able to capture that and talk about some of those moments uh, and things that, you know, quite frankly, not only, you know, does the public not know, but even my teammates were, were maybe unaware of. And mm -hmm. so, uh, but yeah, Duke is is home, and and sort of my extended Duke family. Uh, it was important. It was important to come back and and share and and have that moment um, in Page Auditorium on Duke's campus, and just talk about the book. A lot of the conversation was centered around my four years at Duke, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and obviously, understandably so. Uh, but no question, I, I couldn't go out and do book events and have like a mini book book tour. And not, you know, not visit, you know, Duke's campus. And so it was, uh, it was a rainy night, yeah. but it was a nice turnout. And I think uh, John did a pretty good job as a moderator. Not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Um, and he's not doing a bad job as a, as a, as leading the Duke program. I think so far, most people would say with the, the top recruiting class coming in and all that. And so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask what your feelings are about, about what you've seen so far, what you thought when, when he was selected and, uh, and what you think so far is how he hasn't coached a game. Well, as head coach, he hasn't coached a game. He's filled in for Coach K a couple times. But um, just just what you think the job he's done up to this point? Well, you know, I think he's done a great job. And, and you know, as you said, for someone who, who hasn't coached a game as the head coach, uh, he, he's been incredible, you know. And obviously that's reflected in his recruiting and having a great class coming in next year and the following year. Uh, so clearly his vision, his ability to communicate, uh, his ability to understand, I think, you know, today's young generation of, of, of potential student athletes, but also connect not just with them, but with their parents. Um, you know, he, he's, he's definitely, he understands succession. He understands, you know, those are, those are big shoes. It's, it's impossible to fill those shoes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he he he, you know, understands that he he he's got to be himself and be who he is, and not try to be someone else uh, at all. So uh, I think a lot of people might, you know, be apprehensive about replacing a legend, an icon like Coach K. I think I think John, he wanted, you know, he wants this challenge, 
and I think he's up for it. And I'm excited to see, uh, you know, see the, the, the beginning here of the, of the John Shire era for, for Duke's men, men's basketball program. Yeah. And he's obviously, as you mentioned, he's well on his way to, to keeping Duke in the position it's been for many years at the top of college basketball and uh, uh, with, with the work he's done. I do want to transition a little bit and talk to you about, um, about USA basketball and your role now as president of USA basketball. And, um, uh, you know, back in, after the 2000, 2004 Olympics, when Jerry Colangelo and coach K got together and took the program from really a low point uh, back to its prominence worldwide. Um, that was exactly what they, what they set out to do. What do you see as the important things now to, to keep it there? And, and what discussions have you had with Coach K, I guess, about that subject, about you know, keeping USA basketball as the worldwide leader uh, where maybe it had fallen off you know, 20 years ago? Yes. I mean, we all know the incredible job that you know, Jerry Colangelo and Coach K did. It's, you know, truly a, a partnership, working in three different quads together, having the success they had. Uh, I think bringing credibility, bringing uh, some strategic direction, some vision, uh, improving and enhancing the culture of USA basketball, just so many wonderful things uh, that they did and really gave us and have given us a foundation for, you know, continued success. Uh, so we're grateful for that. You know, in terms of moving forward, and, you know, I learned this from Coach K, and I think it speaks to his ability to have success over multiple decades, to have great longevity uh, in the college ranks and on the international stage. But you have to, adapt and adjust. And you have to, you know, every five, six, eight years, press the refresh button. And, and so, you know, we right now are we spent the last year sort of evaluating ourselves and, okay, what are the areas that we can improve upon? What are the areas that, uh, what, what's considered sort of the best practice in professional sports and particularly in basketball and the NBA? And how can we incorporate that? Let's also acknowledge that uh, we have uh, sort of a, a generational shift occurring. You know, that generation of LeBron James and Chris Paul and, you know, Dwayne Wade, who's retired, Carmelo Anthony. You know, these guys were an integral part of the success uh, of USA basketball. They bought in, at a, you know, at a young age and played in multiple quads. Uh, now you have uh, a younger generation coming through the ranks and even uh, you know, even in high school now who are participating in USA basketball's various grassroots under 18, under 17, a few of which, you know, Duke recruits are participating in right now. Yeah. Um, and so recognizing that the generation is different. And so there are some things that we can do differently to serve them, uh, to enhance their experience, but ultimately maximize our ability for success and the margin of error is so slim, even with those great successes that they had with coach K leading the charge, some of those games came down to the last few minutes. And so we understand the international game is their game and it's not our game. And so we have to respect that. We have to prepare for that. Uh, and we ultimately have to do um, what's necessary to give us the best chance for success. So, you know, long story short, continuing with uh, the foundation that's been established, but then figuring out areas where maybe we can enhance it, tweak things, adjust a bit. Uh, and I think that's normal. That's normal. That's, like I said, that's what I've 
learned from Coach K and admired, you know, in terms from afar and up close and personal during his lengthy, successful, <laughs> iconic career. Yeah. And um, speaking of tweaking and adjusting, uh, college athletics are going through that right now, uh, kind of in a major way. I think Coach K, you know, last week said, this is one of the most crucial times in the history of college athletics with, with all the changes that are happening. And you were on the rice commission uh, after the FBI investigation in 2017, that put forward some recommendations. Um, just what, what do you think about where I guess college basketball Let's focus on that, not the other sports, but is the sport heading in a positive direction in a negative direction right now? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on where the game that meant so much to you and so much to people in our area is? Yeah, I mean the game is is at an interesting moment. It's almost at an inflection point, and yeah. and uh, I think, um, you know, I, I do think that as intercollegiate athletics in general, and you know, certainly men's basketball uh, is evolving. Uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, on one hand, there's maybe excitement that change is occurring, uh, and I also think it, it is a little frightening for a lot of people. Uh, because uh, we don't know what that's going to look like. And it's evolving, it's changing. There's a lot of forces. There's, there's state laws now that, uh, that, that have you know, certainly played a role in that. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I think anytime there's a transition and there's a change, it, it can be a little uncomfortable. And, um, and so that's what's happening right now. Um, but it is, it's an important time. And it's an important time to, to try to get this right. Uh, intercollegiate sports, athletics provide so many opportunities for, for young men and women. Uh, but most importantly, you know, basketball, since that's what we're talking about. Uh, basketball is the main revenue driver for the entire organization, for all sports. Uh, and so it's, it's been ingrained in, in sort of our society, the relationship it has with its alma mater, or with, with, with alum and their alma mater and college basketball fans in general. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a little bit scary, but it's also a little bit exciting in terms of how can we mold this and how can we, you know, usher in a new model that hopefully can be um, uh, reflective of, of the times that we're in. And so that's what's sort of happening right now. And, um, you know, it's an interesting time. It's an it's a interesting, at least in my lifetime, um, and I, you know, I'll go back to the mid eighties when I, you know, was starting to get into college basketball, mm. uh, it's really a revolutionary time in terms and, and a transformative time, uh, for the state of the game. It certainly is. And, uh, it's something that, uh, uh is going to keep playing out here over the next few years, I think, as they try to get this all figured out and keep, you know, college basketball be as popular as it is. Um, I want to thank, uh, Grant Hill, uh, the author of, uh, his new autobiography is called game. Uh, it's out, and uh, you can find it in all the, the major booksellers around the country. Um, Grant, uh, thanks so much for joining us on the ACC Now podcast this week. It's been a pleasure to have, be talking to you. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Steve. Okay. Uh, I'm Steve Wiseman from the News and Observer. Thanks for joining us this week on the ACC Now podcast. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode next week. <laughs>